time for the June 19, 2015 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, a cheerfully pessimistic recollection of the last 168 hours of history. This is KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I am Nathan Callahan, and today I'll be joined by special guest Heather McCoy and, of course, Mahler, the animal who identifies as a polar bear. Today we'll be talking about underground aquifers, the new Cold War, ISIS recruitment, spiritual damage, trickle-down economics, and underarm hair competition, CIA, human experimentation, artificial trans fats, white terrorists, and much more. But first, first, Mahler, I'd like you to meet Heather. Yeah, that? Down, down. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Heather's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a little too amped up to see me, honestly. Yeah, so yeah. I, I can understand. Yeah. Go play. Good. Faced with rapidly changing habitat, polar bears, just like you, Mahler, are adapting to global warming, climate change with a new yummy meal. Oh, what would that be? That would be uh, for the first time a para- polar bear was seen preying on a white-beaked dolphin carcass. We haven't determined whether the polar bear actually killed it, but he had a carcass uh, that had been trapped in the ice in Svalbard, a group of Norwegian islands in the Arctic Ocean. In the past, these dolphins rarely ventured so far north in the Arctic, but since the ice is melting, they can go up there now, and it makes for a good snacking. Oh, my goodness. Yeah? Wow. So I, I, I guess that's okay. You know, you can't really blame the polar bears. They get they get fish. We would probably be munching on a dolphin if... If we could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the world's largest underground aquifers. This is, this is troubling to me. Oh, it's very troubling because yeah. we're running out of water as a species. And then we still have these yahoos that produce 19 children. And then they, you know, they think it's God's will or whatever. And then we're well, if running they didn't out of drink water. If, if they, they just drank drink... Coca-Cola, they'd be much better off. I don't know about that. Their yeah. skin would be very <laughs> gross. Yeah, and I think they need water for... Maybe yeah. there's water on Mars we could ship here. Anyway, underground aquifers, and that would be a source of fresh water for hundreds of millions of people are being sucked dry at alarming rates, according to new NASA data that provides the most detailed picture yet of any of this stuff. So we're getting a good view of what we have left water-wise. And I know everybody's saying desalinization, but what you, you still have salt. So yeah. what you're creating is a very salty planet if you keep doing that. And that's not a good thing. Well, the thing that's scary, too, is like the I remember a few weeks ago, there was a story where the aquifers in the Central Valley were sinking or yeah. the whole land was sinking because they had drained so much water out of the Central Valley. And I looked at that map that you, that NASA provided and I wonder, you know, are those areas sinking into the ground as well? Because if they are with global warming, you're going to have you're going to have sea level rise with this land simultaneously sinking. And that yeah. would be a, that would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's very sad. Yes. I mean, we, we think of ourselves as being the ones that have the problem now. But the Indus Basin Aquifer of northwestern India and Pakistan is the second most overstressed around. The Arabian aquifer is the number one, providing more than 60 million people with water, and and it's running dry. Yeah. And then the Merzuk Jado Basin in northern Africa is third. So, I mean, these people may be without water or very strapped for water in the near future, and there's not a lot of places to go for water. Yeah, it should be interesting, too, because there's already a lot of 
uh, political strife in those countries. And so when water becomes, you know, everybody needs water, obviously. So when that becomes like um, something to kind of start wars over and, and who has territorial rights for water, that, you know, we can get more involved militarily than yeah. we already are. And then um, that that's disappointing as well. It's no fun to die of dehydration. No, that no. does not seem like the best it's, way to go It could go be out. the most painful way around, they say. Oh, yeah. I, I was dehydrated once, and it wasn't any fun at all. No, yeah. like the medications that I'm on, I get dehydrated, and yeah. then I have to drink enough water, or it's yeah. not a lot of fun. So yeah. I, it's, I, can, I can oblige for that. So. so the future, not a lot of fun. No, the future does not look like a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Don't be sad, Mahler. Yeah, don't things be will sad. get better. <laughs> You're only going to live 12 more years, Mahler, so um, yeah. you don't have to deal with a lot yeah, of it. Just don't listen to the show, Mahler. Things yeah. will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> things will be okay. Yeah. The Pentagon is set to store heavy weaponry, including tanks, in Eastern Europe for the first time since the Cold War, the end of the Cold War. Oh, we're having a Cold War. Why do they? That's always a. There's yeah. a new Cold War here. The plan would see enough weaponry for as many as 5,000 soldiers stored across several countries from Estonia to Bulgaria to Poland and is seen as a deterrent to potential Russian aggression, especially after the Ukraine. Yeah. But meanwhile, Russia announced plans to increase its nu nuclear arsenal. Which Surprise. Is, yeah. <laughs> but this is just a, this is what they call the saber, saber rattling or they're rattling something. Well, that's the thing, though, is like not a lot of people know that like to resolve the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, Kennedy took missile silos out of Turkey. Yeah. And that was kind of a that was kind of a compromise is you take your missile silos out of Cuba and we'll take them out of Turkey. Yeah. And, you know, the way the media portrays this stuff is we're not going to hear about this. This story is only going to be heard on very few outlets that didn't get p picked up on MSNBC or any news channels. And then when Putin does something aggressive or hostile we're like wow we didn't see this coming isn't yeah. he psychotic folks and then yeah it's yeah. just a very bad bad way to go uh, al-qaeda leaders said the isis or the i i, I wrote this <laughs> da, is it daesh daesh it's whatever you want to call it i don't really know i did I, isis this week yeah well yeah. one time i was talking about isis and then i thought i thought of the big lebowski and yeah. so i started calling them the head choppers oh yeah yeah that's good. That's a good name Walter, for a team. Walter, the head choppers yeah. are not the issue. You know, that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, the uh, terrorist group formerly known as ISIS had cut into their membership. Al-Qaeda leaders were concerned because ISIS is, is encroaching on their membership uh, and, uh, and their prestige. Well I, well, I heard that like <laughs> like ISIS started as an umbrella group under Al Qaeda, yeah, and then ISIS kind of branched out on their own, yeah, and then the Al Qaeda leaders are like, "Hey!" And so like they've kind of taken the momentum of Al Qaeda, and it's a former shell of itself. Yeah. I anything about that group or any of the things about those groups, I don't take. I take everything with a grain of salt, but yeah, um, yeah I can see <laughs> it cutting down into their membership for that. So the uh, group formerly known as ISIS is expanding like Starbucks franchises, according to the U.S. State Department, uh, ignoring the fact that Starbucks is not a franchise operation. <laughs> the mother of a French teenage boy who joined Starbucks, no, uh, oh, ISIS, ISIS yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, filed a $124,000 lawsuit against the government for failing to stop her son on his way to Syria. And also in France, a former Guantanamo prisoner was stopped from boarding a flight to Canada to attend a conference focused on dissuading people from uh, joining up 
uh, with jihad. Yeah, so yeah, I don't think it's the French government's fault for him joining Al Qaeda. No, 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 or no, ISIS yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the U.S. says it's training less than one third of the number of Iraqi troops needed to fight ISIS because recruitment is falling short. They're not getting any people who want to fight beheaders. So, <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. Is is like, are these troops like indigenous troops? Are we going to do another thing with Afghanistan, like in the eighties with the Mujahideen, or like why that tactic that clearly doesn't work? But it seems like we're going to do the whole freedom fighters again. That's what the whole Republican Party seems to want to do. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. And then in ten years, ten years, something else. Will Iraq happen. will turn into you know the, the people we train in Iraq will attack. I don't know. They'll destroy something. They'll destroy Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always wonder, like, how much instability in that region is created by the fact that Turkey doesn't want Kurdistan. Like, if yeah. there's a Kurdistan there, what, what you know, that might be what George Bush looked as to, like, the guiding light of democracy or whatever. If you have, a, like, a region that actually had its own people recognized, I, would, I think that would at least settle some of the stuff down over yeah. there if they had their own country. But I... For whatever reason, Turkey is not thrilled with that. I don't know. I don't. I know. just don't know. <laughs> Why can't we just grid the whole world? Just make grids and then hand over certain sections to people who want a section. I really don't want a section. You don't I want a section. I identify as mixed you... myself. I just, I you know, I'll just wander around and and find a home somewhere. Well, I was reading somewhere where like people would be in the future, people would be able to choose their nationalism. So if you felt oh, really? like you were yes. more like Swedish, for example, you would just be able to go to Sweden. Would which... be able to go there? I can yeah. go there now. Well, I mean, permanently. Can I, can I act yeah. <laughs> condemned to Sweden? Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's condemned, but okay. okay. All right. Uh, a deadline has passed in the Dominican Republic for undocumented workers of Haitian descent to register their presence or risk mass deportation. Half a million people could be sent to Haiti under a ruling that stripped the citizenship of children born to Haitian immigrants in the Dominican Republic as far back as 1929. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. My dad is ancient. Yeah. And he was one year old in <laughs> 1929. Yeah. yeah. A lot of, yeah. Anyway, this would retroactively leave tens of thousands of people stateless. Uh, on, on Wednesday, people lined up across the country to register before the deadline. It's kind of got like getting an iPhone, I guess. I guess so. State officials say they will begin patrolling uh, migrant neighborhoods to look for those who have not signed up. <laughs> that that doesn't seem a little scary at all. jeez. Uh, yeah, wow. In China, where legal reforms have led to a 29% increase in lawsuits in the past year. This is interesting, I think. Yeah. Because they have legal reforms. So now, now the lawsuits are going up 30%. A man there sued an actress for staring at him through the television and causing him spiritual damage. That happens all the time. Oh, seriously, yeah. yeah. Like, I was wondering if I could sue Fox for, like, damage, like, losing my faith in humanity. Yeah, exactly. It happens everywhere. I, I, I don't know what the first uh, person who caused me spiritual damage through the television <laughs> is. Uh, going back, it was probably uh, yeah, Webster Webfoot. I have no, no idea. I yeah. have, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a long line of, of, uh, of spiritual damage. Sesame Street, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, yeah. By that time, Big Bird, I don't know. I felt a kindred, he was a kindred spirit in a way. Big Bird was a, yeah, yeah, and, I and could Cookie see that. Monster. They were okay. It's more like uh, maybe uh, Ellie Mae. 
Ellie Mae. Yeah, in Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, yeah. yeah she called me, caused me great spiritual damage. Not Jeffro? That too. <laughs> yeah, that, I think the whole show caused me a good deal of spiritual damage. It would be good if we could sue, though. Also, Chinese state media, this is a good one too. In China, state media criticized government officials for not reading enough after anti-graft inspectors did not find a single book in the mansion of an ousted politician. It might mean that he has a pad, you know. It could be, or yeah. he's like 80% of Americans who didn't yeah. read a book last year. Probably that. <laughs> yeah, probably that. Uh, and countries in Asia issued warnings against travel to South Korea. That's South Korea, where mirrors the outbreak of uh, the, uh, what is it called, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome virus has killed at least 16 people. And speaking of outbreaks in Sierra Leone, they place restrictions on those entering and leaving two districts where Ebola was uh, found again. So this is... Has I'm Donald Trump issued a statement on this yet? Or? <laughs> He's going to build a wall. He's going to build a wall. Because yeah. I remember during the SARS outbreak or um, whatever outbreak was the most recent, he was just going ballistic about the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, poor Donald. We'll talk about Donald. Uh, yeah, Donald's yeah. coming up. In the Central African nation of Chad, attacks by suicide bombers killed at least 27 people, including four suspected fighters from the Nigerian Islamic group, you know, Boko Haram. Boko Haram all sounds like some 1920s cartoon character to me, but I, I don't know. Mickey Mouse and Boko Haram. To me, it sounds like a 1920s, like, Casablanca kind of thing. Oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah. And yeah. you at Boko Haram. Yeah, exactly. It's believed the attacks were in retaliation for Chad's leading role in the offensive against Boko Haram, which, <laughs> duh. <laughs> and Zimbabwe reported that the exchange rate between U.S. and Zimbabwean dollars was now 1 to 35 quadrillion. How do you carry that in your pocket? Exactly. Yeah. People were having to carry sacks of money around just to buy a donut. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's... I don't see how that works. I don't see how that works either. Oh, that's... I, I guess they could charge it. Yeah, I guess they could. Yeah, that'll be $35 quadrillion, please. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, oh, this is this is something uh, we can address here. The International Monetary Oh, this is different, but we'll get into Greece a little bit later. Yeah. The International Monetary Fund report authored by five economists presented a scathing rejection of trickle-down economics. I like that. Yeah. There's only five of the economists on the, in, in the International Monetary Fund, but they argued that the monetary philosophy of trickle-down has been used as a justification for growing income inequality over the past several decades. This is them talking. Income distribution matters for growth, specifically income distribution matters for growth, specifically if the income share of the top 20% increases, then GDP growth actually declined over the medium term, suggesting that the benefits do not trickle down. Sounds like a bunch of economists. Uh, trickle down sucks, basically. Yeah. It started out as a joke. And, it did. Yeah, and, and here, not by Ronald Reagan, but by, um, what's his name? Was it Margaret Thatcher? No, no, the the cowboy, Will Rogers. Oh, Will Rogers. Will Rogers came up with the term trickle down, you know? Oh, I did being, not realize being that. Being folksy and talking about how rich people thought that, you know, they would just stand up there on top and let the wealth trickle down. Well, the other thing that trickle down does is it creates a false narrative of the job creators. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And then that's why you get, like, states battling for, like, corporations and see who could give them the more, more subsidies where, like, 
when they actually land in that state, they don't do a lot of benefit because all, they have all these tax breaks that would have been a gain benefit in the first place. Yeah. They're given away. They don't want to create jobs. They want no. to create products. Yeah. And they'll, yeah. they'll create the product however they want. If, if they can have a, a, a robot do it, they would. And, and that's what we're seeing with McDonald's yeah. is now that like $15 an hour may become a reality. Yeah. It was in L.A. I think two weeks ago that they it's going to be $15 an hour by 2020. Yeah. Now you're seeing kiosks where you order your McNuggets. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. So, yeah. So so what? You know, <laughs> so cool. $15 an hour. I wish the CEO could make $15 an hour. That would be interesting. Well, that that's the thing, though. It's like the, uh, when those resolutions pass for a higher minimum wage i would like it to see like the minimum wage be boosted up to 15 dollars an hour now and then companies under 10 employees let's say get a subsidy and, until like the inflation rate catches up to how much they're paying so that they're not put out by it no. um but 15 dollars in 2020 by then we'll probably need a minimum wage of 25 dollars. so yeah. it, it doesn't do a whole lot yeah yeah and a meeting of European finance ministers ended with no progress in negotiations over Greece. So this is not good. No, this Gre isn't good at all. Yeah. Greece might have to leave the Eurozone, possibly the EU. They're extending no period of grace uh, to Greece. And uh, Christine Lagarde, the boss of the International Monetary Fund, said Greece would be in default on its loans if it failed to make a $1.8 billion payment on June 30th, which is coming right up. Yeah, yeah. and Joseph Stiglitz, the uh, Nobel laureate in economics, he wrote a piece on Huffington Post two weeks ago yeah. where he thinks that this might trigger a financial crisis like Lehman falling. Yeah. And wow. um, that that's absolutely frightening because like, if the, if the Eurozone has no confidence that it's gonna be held intact no matter what, then the, you know, people are going to act accordingly economically. And so, yeah, the EU might be on the verge of collapse if they let Greece go. Uh... Yeah. What is it, Mahler? <laughs> little distraction, Mahler. What is it? Rats? Rats? Lizards? Mahler loves lizards. Yeah. Yeah, he chews, he chews <laughs> the legs off of lizards. That's not good, Mahler. That is not good. Chew their tails off. They regrow. <laughs> Uh, the European Union chewing the tail off of Greece. Yeah. And in central Nicaragua, thousands of people gathered over the weekend to protest against a Chinese firm's construction of uh, essentially the new Panama Canal, only it's the Nicaraguan Canal. Uh, that would be linking the Atlantic and Pacific. The $50 billion project will be larger than the Panama Canal and could displace 120,000 people. Wow. That yeah. Well, you know, that's that's a uh, three Angel Stadiums full, but uh, uh, even more troubling. It, well, it's troubling that they're going to well, level a lot of rainforests yeah, in the process. Well, most likely they're indigenous people, and that land means something very much, so, yeah. you know, spiritually for them. So that that that's that's a tragedy. Why are they even building this thing? Is the Panama Canal too small, or uh, at this point for the cargo ships? Or I imagine it's money. Yeah, I would assume a, yeah. that China wants to uh, jump in over here and and drive us out of the canal market. Well, that's the thing too is 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 China foreseeing like a scenario where we're not friendly and we won't let them use the canal? I mean, like I this doesn't. Yeah, I don't know why they would commit to such a thing, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy because I think a lot of people old old timers, you know, yeah, uh, old school folk will want to use the Panama Canal. The old school. Yeah, there, there might be there might be a market there, you know, a cachet. A yeah, brand the Panama Canal now. 
I'm surprised it's not branded already. Yeah. Like Walmart presents the Panama Canal. Yeah. Yeah. And the world's first successful recipient of a penile transplant announced he he will become a father. Wow. We're we're excited for him. The man's girlfriend is four months pregnant, and Professor Andre Vandermarva said, proving that, well, he said that this proves that the transplant worked. Well, not necessarily, Professor. So, is the transplant, just, was he like born in like asexual? Or the, the, or, no, he was, know? he had a botched circumcision. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Oh, Can you man. imagine going in for a circumcision and coming out with no penis? <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, well, he was probably a baby when that happened, so he probably didn't walk in one day and walk out without anything. No, it was only three years ago. Three it was years when he ago. was 18. Yeah. Wow. 18 years old. You know, you're you're in the prime of your life. You think you're going <laughs> to spruce it up a little bit. Somebody said, you know what you need is less skin. Why did he do that at 18 years old? Did he convert to, like, Christianity or Jewish? I have no idea. I, I, like, didn't, I didn't look into that part of it. Why? Why, oh, Why? How much like numbing cream do you think they had to put down there for like a full grown man? Yeah, it was, it was a bris. It was a bris. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't wow. know. Uh, and women's right activists in China. Women, a women's right. One single women's right activist in China held an underarm hair competition. Uh, you know, I guess it's good. The first prize was 100 condoms, the second a wow. vibrator, and the third was 10 female urination devices, which allow women to urinate while standing up. I've seen those. Yeah. Those, those look very useful. Kind, kind of like a funnel. <laughs> yeah, useful. exactly. It's like, I mean, it's like filling up your car with oil, right? <laughs> yeah, you can use it for that when you're not urinating. You know, I, there seemed like a number of uses. I, I, it almost looked like it used it for a nasal flush, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, well, what I was going to say is the, the, the lady's problem in China was she did, forgot to invite Miley Cyrus. She's, yeah. she's got quite a thing going. Yeah, yeah. Miley Cyrus, you know, all it sets off Mahler. Yeah, yeah, that's all right, Mahler. It's okay. It's the video. It's all yeah. better now. Ah, and now I'm going to move on to uh, secret, secret stuff. stuff. Yeah. Should we even be talking about secret stuff? Or just... I, that's a, I always wonder whether I should. Because <laughs> should we it... be we're talking about it in a whisper tone? <sighs> Maybe the whole segment could just be really quiet. We'll come back in five <laughs> minutes, you know, and people will get it. It's like John Cage, you know, just walk uh -huh. away for five minutes and it's, that was the secret stuff. Human experimentation was the core feature of the CIA's torture program. The experimental nature of the interrogation of interrogation is evident in the Senate's Intelligence Committee's executive summary of the investigative report. It's a lot of words. Heading uh, this human experimentation project were two psychologists hired by the CIA, James Mitchell and Bruce Jensen, or Jessen, who, whose qualifications did not include interrogation experience specialized knowledge about Al-Qaeda, or relevant cultural or linguistic knowledge. They didn't have any of that. What they had was an Air Force experience in studying the effects of torture on American prisoners of war. So that's, you know, a while back. And as well as a curiosity about whether theories of learned helplessness based on experiments on, of course, dogs. That's right, Mahler. Experiments on dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Mahler. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You're upset. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Might work on humans. Mitchell, like uh, former CIA director Michael Hayden and others who have defended the torture program, argued that a fundamental error in the Senate's report is that water boring, rectal hydra rehydration, 
not just rectal hydration, but rehydration. <laughs> I mean, what's the difference, really, when you get down to it? If you're getting your rectum hydrated, well, you yeah, got, it's it's getting hydrated. That's like the pearl version of it. So that <laughs> yeah. means multiple times. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, all those things, the other torture techniques enabled the collection of abundant, abundant intelligence that kept Americans safe. And, of course, that claim is contradicted not only by the CIA's very own report that they were citing, yeah. uh, but by just about everyone except Kiefer Sutherland. So this is just a, it's just an idiotic concept that, that you're going to torture someone and they're going to tell you their deep, dark secrets. They're just going to tell you whatever you want to hear. Yeah. If, you, if they can stop you from torturing, they'll, they'll tell you ridiculous things. I yeah, know and, I would. And I and that's the sad part is like that's what was on Fox was like Bill O'Reilly going, no, Jack Bauer does it and it does yeah. really well. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's really disappointing. And it's really disappointing because that's I think the Japanese waterboarded people and tortured people yeah. in their POWs and, and during World War Two and they went to prison. And yeah. then you know like you know Cheney and Wolfowitz and all the Rumsfeld and all those people they're still running around free and then you know trying to well, there's still time. There's still time. There's well, still they're afraid time. to travel to certain countries, yeah. so that that at least puts a fear in them, but still. Meanwhile, the Senate passed a measure that would prevent a repeat of the U.S. torture program seen under the Bush administration. Kind of. Kind of. Also in <laughs> secret stuff, former National Security Agency director and asshat Michael Hayden <laughs> marveled at the puny nature of the surveillance reforms put in place Two years after, just recently, after Snowden, Eddie Snowden revealed a vast expansion of intrusive U.S. government surveillance at home and abroad. Hayden mocked the loss of the one program that was reined in, the NSA's bulk collection of metadata information about domestic phone calls, calling it that title little Title 215 program. He said if someone had told him two years ago that the only effect of the Snowden revelations would be losing it, just the little 215 program, his reaction would have been, cool yeah and that's discouraging i mean yeah. it's just like what does it take to get people wound up and and john oliver's segment about this when people were like nah i've got nothing to hide i don't care and then yeah. when he put it in the terms of dick pics everyone was just like oh, yeah. you know just freaking out and yeah. it's really it's really sad that the american public can't pay attention for the most part i think and, your dick should be out there be required to be online that would be like Brett Favre's Nirvana. Like, uh -huh. just he would be just so happy if that was the case. <laughs> that would be your ID picture. Your ID photo on your license is your dick pic. Well, that would loosen people up at least. So that, it would be, yeah. yeah. Also, the whistleblower who exposed rampant security flaws on the submarines carrying Britain's nuclear warheads, that was just a couple of weeks ago, was dishonorably, dishonorably discharged from the Royal uh, British Navy. Able seaman William McNeely detailed the lapses in an 18-page report on WikiLeaks and said, you might recall this, harder to get into most nightclubs than it is into sensitive areas of a nuclear base in Scotland. And then he turned himself into, poli into the police last month. Uh, in a new repost online, McNeely says all of the charges against him have been dropped, but he has been dishonorably discharged on the claim that his sole aim was to discredit the Navy, Navy's public image. And so he wrote, it is shocking that some people in the military force can be more concerned about public image than public safety. Yes, sir. And then I've always wanted to ask you about this because in my, in, it seems like in the last 15 years or so, like that's exactly it, is like Edward Snowden... 
becomes a whistleblower and he's public enemy number one for the yeah. elected officials and not actual the programs that he exposed. Yeah. And then same thing with this British Navy guy where it's just like he exposed some very dangerous flaws within the system. Yeah. And instead of being rewarded and saying, thank you, and we'll fix these, it's just like, shut up. And yeah. I don't know if, is that a new trait in Western society or is that something that's been going on for quite a while? It seems like this level of just sweep it under the rug has really picked up in the last 15 years. But I've only- Well, there's more to sweep under the rug. That's I true, think that's, I think that's, that's really what it is. I think it's just been going on it's, all the time that people claim they want to know everything until they do. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's probably why we're seeing a lot more, you know, uh, officers attacking civilians. It's because the means are available to shed light on that. Yeah. And so maybe that's one of the reasons yeah. why we know more about it now. And you remember Gary Hart? Gary Hart. Yeah, uh, presidential was, candidate yeah. who who, who uh, said, the, I dare you to try and find out any nasty stuff about me. And and the press did. They found out he was having an affair. Yeah. But he dared them. And it's kind of, <laughs> you have the feeling that's what it was with Obama saying, you know, uh, I want, this is going to be the most transparent administration and we're going to reward whistleblowers until it actually happened. You know, and when, yeah. when they put it in front of him, he, he didn't want to see it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, on the web at KUCI.org. And now, of course, as you know, it's Mahler's favorite time, drones in the news. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was good, Mahler. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like he sees a drone right now. <laughs> yeah. Al-Qaeda confirmed the death of its second most powerful leader in a U.S. drone strike in Yemen. Nasser al-Wuhashi was the leader of Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, the group's Yemeni affiliate, and a former personal secretary of Osama bin Laden. The confirmation of his death comes as uncertainty remains over a U.S. attempt to kill militant leader Mokhtar Bulmakhtar in Libya. Al-Qaeda released a list of people they say were killed in the U.S. airstrike over the weekend, but Balmakdar is not on it. Officials said that Al-Wuhashi was killed in a signature strike. And this is the important thing here. That's where the CIA is permitted to, to fire based on patterns of suspected military militant activity, even if they don't know the identities of those who they're going to kill. And this indicates that the CIA is continuing this kind of targeting, even though the, admin the Obama administration had signaled it intended to phase it out. And in response, al-Qaeda militants, in response to the killing of Abu uh, al al-Qaeda militants in Yemen killed two men accused of spying for the U.S. and hung their bodies off a bridge. Yeah, and the, 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 the um, signature strikes are based off of metadata. And, yeah. and so that's that's a big deal. Like when people go, oh, I don't care if the government knows who I'm calling. That's who they base signature strikes on. Yeah. And, and it's absolutely frightening. Yeah. I mean, essentially, you could be somewhere just meeting someone you didn't even know was involved in, in, in a, a correspondence with a terrorist. And because they were involved in the correspondence with the terrorist, even though they didn't even have any terrorist activities going on, you could be targeted. Yeah. And then what's even creepier is like I would say that I'm a very active person and I have yeah. a lot of people that are close friends and I have a lot of people, even more people that are acquaintances. I might not know what all my acquaintances are doing. And yeah. so if I'm having contact with them, somehow now I'm caught in their web of their met metadata. Yeah. And you and can it, be on the list. Yeah, I can be on the list. It's absolutely insane. Also, 45 former U.S. military personnel, including a retired Army colonel, have issued a joint appeal to the pilots of aerial drones. 
operating in Afghanistan, Iraq, Pakistan, Syria, and elsewhere, calling on them to refuse to carry out the deadly missions. In a joint letter, the retired and former military members call on Air Force pilots based in at Creech Air Force, that's in Nevada, and Beale Air Force in California to refuse to carry out their duties. Yeah. And it's a good thing that they're doing it, too, because, like, drones to me are on, they're a war crime because you're not, you know, you just drop things on people that aren't even actually, a lot of civilians get caught up in this, a lot of wedding parties get caught in it, yeah. also in the civilian category. And um, there's a lot of people, and, and on the domestic side, a lot of people that work on the drone programs, their suicide rate for drone pilots is quite remarkable. It's higher than the average, um, just normal American. Um, and so it's... Yeah, I'm glad they wrote that letter, actually. Yeah, I, I, it seems like we've killed more people in wedding parties than we've killed terrorists. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, probably not, but it sure seems that we've hit an awful lot of wedding parties. And I'm sure that's because of the signature strikes where a group of people were gathering. And, oh, yeah, and one guy shows up who, who happened to be carrying a gun along with some other terrorists at one point in time. And he's considered a terrorist and the drone strikes. Yeah. And then when, you know, we're going to... It's really frustrating because it's the the, the those drone strikes. They're gonna be there's gonna be um, blowback on this, and then we're yeah. gonna go. Why do they hate us? And then yeah, it's just it's really frustrating that we can't seem to stop the drone strikes. Why do they hate us? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you why they hate us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but again, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. A white terrorist suspected of killing nine people at a historic African American church in Charleston, South Carolina, was arrested. That's one reason they hate us. Yeah, that's they one look reason. over here and they see stuff like that. They see they see arrogant asshats like Donald Trump and they <laughs> and they see something like this going on. Some 21-year-old mentally deranged man was taken into custody during a traffic stop. The white terrorist walked into a manual African Methodist Episcopal church, sat through a prayer meeting before he stood up and said he was there to shoot black people uh, because they were raping women, our women. I don't know what he means by our. He I didn't think, seem. I think he means white, but yeah, I'm yeah. going to just assume that. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't actually looking at him. I don't know if he was capable of having a woman <laughs> and taking and taking over the country. I know that was cruel to say, but I'm in a cruel mood. Yeah. Among the dead was Reverend Clementa C. Pickney, pastor of the church, a friend of Obama, who was also a state senator. Known as Mother Emmanuel, the church is the oldest AME church in the South, having been founded in 1816 under the leadership of abolitionist minister Morris Brown. The date was tied into a, an abolitionist uh, uh, prophetic date when oh, uh, okay. during the shooting. The church was tied into that. It wasn't it wasn't a random shooting. It was you know very planned and very particular and. Uh, that Morris Brown, it was the second bishop of the AME church in the U.S. Meanwhile, Obama did talk about gun laws, to his credit. Well, I don't know if you saw The Daily Show last night, but yeah. he basically had a five-minute monologue where he goes, this feels sad, this feels hurt, I didn't write any jokes tonight, and you know that everyone's going to like compare it and pass this off, and nothing's going to change. And so um, it's... It's it's sad, but it's like Sandy Hook, you know. Yeah. It's just like didn't anything change after that? No, and it's yeah. you know the political power of the NRA. But the one thing that I do get tired of is the the gunman being called mentally ill. He is a racist, and so well, he's a yeah. racist. well I call them mentally deranged. Deranged, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. racists are mentally deranged. I didn't yeah. mean that he had a problem with you know he he needs medication. He probably needs medication, but <laughs> needs medication. but uh, yeah, there's there's something uh, more than just a, a guy with a 
a few chromosomes off. Yeah. Uh, the House, and this is sad, to, uh, passed legislation granting President Obama fast-track authority. This should be the big story this week. I know. It really should. This should be. I, when, when, when this happened, at the, uh, when the shooting occurred at the African-American Church in Charleston, at the uh, Mother Emanuel, I was thinking uh, exactly that. It's going to kill what's really happening this week. And the story, I had a, I had a search for this. It wasn't anywhere near the top of the fold or, you know, top of the page in any oh, of no. the news services. Well, I, I get a paper, an actual newspaper uh, in the L.A. Times. It wasn't in the first section. It wasn't in the second section. It was in the business section on the second page at the bottom half of the page. Yeah. They mentioned that they we have Obama now has fast track authority so he can move forward with the uh, not completely move forward, but start to move forward with the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Last week, as you recall, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi Pelosi sided with fellow Democrats against fast track and some Republicans. Mm -hmm. So they stopped fast track, which is good because there's all sorts of environmental regulations, health regulations, copyright reforms that are going to help businesses. It's just going to be a disaster if if uh, TPP goes through. Yeah, and I'm sure TPP is going to be a lot like the IMF because going back to Greece again, one of the things that they really want to negotiate is labor reform, quote unquote, make, yeah. basically making the Walmartization of Greece. Yeah, and um, the Trans-Pacific Partnership is going to go in a long way with that yeah. in the Pacific regions that the countries that are covered by this treaty. It's an awful treaty, and it's yeah. been negotiated completely in secret. The only way we know anything about it is because of WikiLeaks. Yeah. That's yeah. it. We yeah. don't know the text. of If it, Julia Assange did not exist, we would not know the text of the TPP. Yeah. And, and and now it's passed. And now it's passed. We're not, not passed, but it's moving moving forward. It's going before the Senate next week, and it looks like it's just it's going to roar through probably. I, I, I yeah. hope, hope we can. Uh, the only thing I would have, if you're really against it, uh, there's plenty of places online where you can find a, a, a place to voice your opinion and, and let the president and your representative know that this really sucks. Yeah, and the fast track isn't the TPP itself, just to clarify. Yeah. The fast track authority just makes it so it's an up and down vote, so you yeah. can't attach amendments to the treaty. That's just a clarification real fast. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, enough. Federal appeals court reinstated a decade-old case that could hold senior Bush administration officials to, uh, accountable for their roles in the post-9-11 detentions, abuse, and religious profiling of Muslim, Arab, and South Asian men. Yep, the plaintiffs are among thousands of people rounded up and held after 9-11, many without charge. Gosh, I hope this goes through. Yeah. I would love to see something yeah. like this. It's time for some of the leaders that just take advantage of their situation to, to feel some of our anger. Yeah, and it's like, a, it's for President Obama, it's it's healthy to look backwards. See, when he was inaugurated, he's like, I'm looking forward. And, you know, it, yeah. you have to examine your past to, to get where you want to go in the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so all these sighs today. Yeah. Well, it's, it, well, we started off the show by saying it's been a very depressing week. Yeah. And, then, yeah. Yeah. and it has been. It what has do you been. know? And according to a ruling, uh, this is a good one. According to a ruling by the California Labor Commission, a driver for smartphone based ride hailing service Uber is an employee, not a contractor. That means that they can, they're involved in every aspect of the operation, but yeah. that means they can get insurance or at least try to get some sort of representation other than just 
contracting. Like, by the way, that they do with a lot of jobs here on campus. Oh, yeah. That they do with a lot of jobs everywhere. It's, it's you know, ever since 1980s when MBAs actually got degrees at universities, they've corrupted the institution so that you can literally uh, not have any job security even though you're teaching something here. You can just be a contract worker and they can get rid of you when they want. They can pay you absolutely no insurance and there's no pension, nothing. It's You're just hanging out there. Yeah. This is this is uh, going everywhere, and thank God the California Labor Commission saw that, you know, this at least in this instance, in Uber's instance, they were uh, taking advantage of the system. And there's some people. I was saw the story on LA Weekly first, and there's some people in the comment section going, "Oh, the government hates innovation and blah blah blah." But like, we're all going to be 1099 employees if this doesn't stop at somewhere. Yeah. And um, Uber kind of has an unfair advantage because they don't have to pay workers' compensation if you yeah. get into an accident while driving with Uber because you did that on your own. Yeah. And then, um, you know, your insurance, like if you're an Uber passenger, because they're using the car for commercial purposes, you're, they, the, the driver's insurance will cancel them if they have just a, basically a consumer policy and not a commercial yeah. policy because they were using their car in a, in a legal manner. And so Uber takes all these externalities throws them on the driver, and then um, whistles to the profit zone. And yeah. it's really, really disturbing. Yeah, there's so many so many ways. If, if you try and pay taxes, if you're a contractor, you will find that your taxes are very much more oh, yeah. than, than they are if, if you're working for a company. And that's just one more thing that just really hurts just the average worker. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Oh, let's, here's some fun stuff. Jeb Bush. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny, huh, Mara? Yeah. Yeah. Did you like his logo? Oh yeah. Everybody who's been talking about the logo. Jeb. Jeb with an explanation point. Uh-huh. Well, that's not a bad logo. It's just like yeah. It's worn out. He yeah. used it for Florida governor in like yeah. nineteen ninety four or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he immediately joined forces with the uh, coal industry and climate deniers in a gathering um conservative backlash against the Pope. That's what Jeb did. <laughs> Lashing out against a leaked draft of, of uh, the Pope's letter on climate change. So he, uh, he's Catholic, and he told a town hall event in New Hampshire that Pope Francis should steer clear of global affairs. <laughs> That's I mean, if anybody should talk about global affairs, it should be God's representative on earth. Not that I believe that, but if that's who you believe you are and that's what the church is organized around, then why wouldn't you talk about the world? Yeah. He has, and he has representatives, the Pope, the Catholic Church has worldwide representation. What's Jeb's an ass. Yeah, Jeb's an ass. I like how like uh, Pope Benedict, he would say something and then everyone would go right on. And then now yeah. that this Pope doesn't agree with them. Yeah. Oh, he's a socialist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, real estate greedhead and reality television <laughs> hair fart Donald Trump announced his bid for the Republican presidential nomination. He could even end up in the in the debates the way things are now. I hope the, I hope yeah. he is. He, he said in his crazy kickoff speech, uh, he said that Mexican immigrants were criminals and rapists, which of course some... they are. You know, I mean, she... <laughs> but then he also said, but there's some good people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He kept saying, wait a second. I... I stand, I stand correct. There are, I assume, good people. That's what he said, I assume. Yeah. He's not real sure, but he assumes. Let's see. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. Oh, no. It's like Mexico is down there grab, getting people together and sending them in, in truckloads it, up here. to. It's uh, like a grab, the grab yeah. it machine at the toy store or yeah. something. It's yeah. just like <laughs> Mexico's like picking people up and putting uh, them down the chute. Yeah. And, they're, and they're looking for not the best. Not There's, the best, yeah. yeah. And and then he says they're not sending you. 
they're not sending you. I don't know who he's pointing to. He's pointing to people in the crowd that was hired. They were they were paid fifty bucks to show up. Oh, a easily. Lot of yeah. yeah, it was a it was a crowd of actors that cheered him on. Do you um, like his little hand gestures with the the song yeah. and stuff too? Yeah, yeah. The song, rocking yeah. Free, free rocking in the free world. Now this, of course, brought on uh, a little complaint from Neil Young, who wrote "Rocking in the Free World." Uh, said he wasn't organ, uh, wasn't authorized. Trump wasn't authorized to use the song, which is curious because the song is about Republican policies during the 1980s. It is, yeah. and then what's funny about this is, this, you know, Donald Trump is this big business guy. And he takes intellectual property and craps on it. And then, like Monster Energy this week, it was, a pay, was forced to pay the attorney's fees for the Beastie Boys because they used the song "I I Want to Write the Party" or whatever yeah. in a commercial, and they didn't have authorization from the Beastie Boys. It's amazing how these companies, if they think they're big enough, they can just you know yeah. stomp on the smaller guy. But. I'm going to roar through some things because we're running a little late. No, Walmart was able to avoid paying three point four. We want to just go till. Uh... I don't know if I'm prepared. We can we can we can figure this out. Okay, Walmart was able to avoid uh, paying 3.5 billion dollars in taxes last year by owning 76 billion dollars of its assets over assets overseas. Supreme Court killed one of the nation's most extreme anti-abortion laws. That would be in North Carolina, a law that required women seeking an abortion to submit a mandatory ultrasound. And uh, if you were raped or there was incest involved, that wasn't even on the table. You, you just had to carry the child. A Texas town in Denton repealed a voter-approved ban on hydraulic fracking. So it's been repealed. They can frack away. But they're, they're not going to give up. That's the deal. Well, the town of Denton, they really were upset about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Artificial trans fats will be removed from the U.S. food supply over the next three years. Do you think yeah. that will do anything? No, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's, at least it's good to put that notion out there that, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know, though. I, I think I'll get black market trans fat myself. <laughs> the Colorado Supreme Court uh, ruled that employees can be fired for smoking marijuana even when they aren't at work. I think that's wrong. Oh, it's, it's absolutely wrong. It's if crazy. Because if you're... You know, if it's legal on the state, it's legal. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, the former head of insurance giant AIG won a legal victory against the U.S. government over its 2008 taxpayer bailout. This is crazy. Hank Greenberg claimed the bailout shortchanged investors, investors and violated their Fifth Amendment rights. And uh, he had sought $40 million. He didn't get that, thank God. That would have been just repulsive. But, uh, but he did win the lawsuit. And a federal appeals court ordered former Black Panther Albert Woodfox, the longest-serving prisoner in solitary confinement, to remain there while they look over his case some more, even though they said he was cleared, even though they don't have any proof of anything, really, because he's, he's never proved, he's never admitted his guilt, and uh, there, he, there he sits, still longer, after 40 years, and many of those in solitary confinement. And we didn't mention uh, Rachel Dolezal. I'm glad we didn't. Yeah, and I, yeah, you know, I, I'm glad we didn't too. She's just kind of getting you, on my nerves. Well, know? like I don't even know how she became a story. Like, yeah. how does that happen? Because, like, why doesn't she just like? I don't. She seems like a very small, insignificant person in the middle of nowhere in yeah. Washington State, and then suddenly she's like being crapped on, and just let her be herself. She wasn't yeah. doing anything gross. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the way I feel. Yeah, she's, there she is. I mean, she's... she was like, how many people like actually 
are activists for a cause they believe in. And she was a president of the NAACP. Yeah, and so she did good she, work. And she did good work. Yeah. So she took she took her identity to heart. And how many people yeah. do that? Like yeah. I'm, I'm trans. I don't do any trans related work. I do stuff with immigration, but I don't do trans stuff. Yeah. And I you know I don't really you know cause like activism through it that particular issue but she did and yeah. so just leave her alone yeah let, let her identify the way she wants i i know you can have a debate about it but but just do it on your own there's more important <laughs> things there's yeah and finally like this for example and finally an amtrak train in illinois collided with a truck carrying seventy thousand pounds of bacon <laughs> jim gaffigan is now crying in his soup this morning <laughs> You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.